Alright guys, welcome back to Season 1, Episode 2 of Soaring Highs and Crushing Lows. To be honest with you, that's a blessing because if I would have gotten negative feedback, my, you know, my insecurities would have eaten me alive and the podcast probably would have died after Episode 1. However, I got a lot of good feedback, a lot of people seemed to enjoy it, a lot of people got a kick out of the Little Iceman. But, I'm not going to focus on that, so Little Iceman was a one and done story. We're going to move on. Yeah, it's Sunday afternoon when I'm recording this, and I'm going to tell you something. My anxiety has never been higher. I mean, I'm really having a rough go of things on this Sunday. And to make matters worse, I've lost eight out of nine bets this weekend. I know what you're thinking. Eight out of nine, that's pretty fucking impressive. Yes, it is. I bet nine basketball games, I lost eight. I thought gambling was supposed to be 50-50 fuck is going on? Very frustrating. And then I put in some disgusting, ugh, vile, only degenerate gambler parlay would put in last night on UFC fights I know nothing about. Stayed up all night drinking, trying to follow along, and I hit six out of seven scenarios, only to have my hopes and dreams crushed. So I'm sitting here and I'm struggling. It's a Sunday. I'm drinking the champagne of beers for this episode. Last week we talked about uh, shitting your pants in your 30s, and we got some feedback. I mean, it seems like a lot of people are shitting their pants. A lot of people. And I would also go as far as to say that if you're a man and you do your laundry, I don't know, once every two weeks maybe, I imagine every pair of underwear has some sort of skid mark. It's absolutely disgusting what's going on. We got to get it under control. Uh, One of my favorite stories was a guy who was on a golf course, and this brings up a whole nother topic, but if you're out in a golf course and you got to take a shit, that is a real predicament. I mean, that is a real situation. What do you do? Let's just say you're on the 13th hole. The clubhouse is not a viable option. And you got to shit. I mean, you got to go. You're touching cotton. And you're out there on the course. Your options are pretty limited. But one story... (laughs) One story was a guy that went back and took a shit, you know, in the woods, basically, and used the golf tail to wipe his rear end and then left the go- left the tail there, which is, I mean, I guess that's your only option at this point. But yeah, shitting your pants in your 30s seems to be a phenomenon. And uh, maybe we can get some help. Maybe we should all get some dude wipes. But I was very happy with the feedback that I got. I was expecting a lot of negative criticism, but... We didn't get too much of that, so... Alright, let's get into episode two here. There's something I need to talk about right off the bat, and this is disturbing to me. Now, I know we live in a culture where women are becoming men, men are becoming women, and quite frankly, I don't give a shit. That's totally fine, but I have to tell you about a story that I read today, and this is verbatim. I'm an ex-banker, genderless dragon. This man has spent $80,000 on horn implants, and the New York Post is reporting this, okay? His name is Medusa. Are you fucking kidding me? And his son won't talk to him. No shit, freak. I mean, this is unbelievable. And probably the most most ridiculous part about this is the entire article. I mean, wait a second. I got to read this. This is out of control. Oh, in the years since Medusa has tattooed their face, split their tongue, and even added $80,000 horn implants on their forehead as part of the transformation. Now I'm reading that, okay? And there's a lot to dissect. The fucking guy is a genderless lizard, okay? That alone should be like, what the hell is gender? What are you talking about? But the the thing that is crazy to me in the article, the whole time it's their face, their tongue, their forehead. So Medusa is their, they, them? No. Hey Medusa. Hey, Medusa, the ex-banker genderless dragon. You are not they, them. You are not he, he, him. You are not she, her. You are a freak. 
Okay? That's the end of that story. And by the way, when I read stories like this, $80,000 for horn implants, okay? For someone that's living below the poverty line like I am, I mean, I guess that's quadruple my salary. It's insulting. So fuck you, Medusa, and your pronouns. Now, give me some of that money, $80,000 on horns. What are you, nuts? All right, and the topic, the, the uh, sandwich, of, the, the meat of this podcast is going to be about crazy youth sports parents. And the reason I bring this up is because there was an eighth grade CYO game in Vermont. Okay, by the way, Vermont. We can assume that an eighth grade CYO game in Vermont, everyone there was white. We can just go ahead and assume that. But an argument breaks out and parents go out on the, the court and they're fighting. And a guy dies. He dies at a CYO basketball game. And look, I refed CYO. I played CYO. You have to look at this from, you know, do you understand how bad... CYO basketball is. I mean, seriously. It is awful. It ain't the fucking Knicks sons out there, okay? It's a bunch of idiots. And for you as a parent to take that seriously, it's just, it's mind-boggling to me. And uh, I got a few good stories here. Now, I was a referee for 10 years. And I would referee every Saturday morning. Now, before I tell that story, you know, granted, I was also bartending on Friday nights. So most games, yes, I was drunk. As Denzel Washington once said in the movie Flight, I was drunk both of those days. Yes. I would get to ref these games on Saturdays, and there's so many stories of people screaming at me, telling me I suck, blah, 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 you smell like a brewery, the whole nine yards. But 25-minute episodes, we got to narrow it down. So I'll tell you the best basketball refing story I have and the best baseball umpiring story that I have. So basketball... I'm refing a championship game, 10 and 11, girls basketball. Now, I'm not going to tell you the team names because if you're not from Northeast, you're not going to know who the fuck these people are. But it's 10 and 11-year-old girls, and the game is going on. And now let's fast forward. There's a minute left in the game. The score is 11 to 9. For reference, that's not a lot of points. 11 to 9 after 39 minutes of play. Now, here's what happens. Here's the final final minute of that game. This girl from the red team, okay, the red team is down by two points. The red team is losing to the blue team, 11 to 9. This girl on the red team takes the ball at half court, has her eyes closed, throws the ball in a miraculous heave over her head. It's on track for the hoop, boom, hits the back of the iron, goes up, hits the wire. Now, I am the baseline referee. Yes, my blood alcohol content was probably above the legal limit. However, that's not the point. Ball hits the back iron. Ball hits the wire. Ball goes in the hoop. This puts the red team ahead of the blue team, 12 to 11, with like three seconds left. Pandemonium ensues. All the girls are going nuts, cheering. Now, I'm the baseline referee. I don't make this call. It's supposed to be the trail referee. The fucking wire is shaking. So, I mean, obviously I have to go boop, boop, boop. No basket. Okay? I just crushed 10-year-old girl's dreams by calling off this basket. So, the wire, by the way, is still ricocheting. There was no doubt this ball hit the wire. So everyone's going nuts. I mean, they're going fucking crazy. So now the blue team's celebrating. Out of the corner of my eye, here comes this little, the little red team coach. He comes running after me, a beeline for him. 
God only he's screaming and yelling, you can imagine. Now some of the derelict douchebag parents, they come down from the stands. They're screaming, really, ref? Really, ref? You just crushed their dreams. Oh, really? So now it's getting, it's getting hostile. It's getting physical. I forgot to mention, by the way, that the head coach of the blue team just so happened to be my mother. Some would call that a conflict of interest. However, at the time I was living at home with my mom, we didn't really have a great relationship. I wasn't going to cheat to help her. I would have cheated to help the red team. This guy doesn't know any of that, so he's trying to—he's literally trying to attack me physically. I mean, it's getting to that point where in the hallway, everyone's screaming and yelling. I say this like an idiot. I say, <laughs> I said something along the lines of, "Mom, I'll see you at home. Mom, I'll see you at home." Now this sends the little red team coach. He goes crazy. Mom, that's his mom. That's his mom. So, you know, it caused all sorts of problems. But listen, for all, anyone that's a parent out there, I'm just going to be real honest with you. The referee is not cheating for one team or another. Quite frankly, I don't give a fuck about either team, all right? I'm only out there, and most refs are only out there to make a few dollars. So all you parents in the crowd that say shit like this, call it both ways, ref. Shut the fuck up. You're an idiot. You're a fool. No ref. Okay, and I know this is going to hurt your feelings because, you know, little Marie, she's going to be a WNBA player. No ref gives a fuck. Really, we don't. We're there for the $40. Okay, that's the worst basketball story I have. There's plenty more, but like I said, 25-minute podcast, we're keeping it to that. That's standard. The attention span, people don't give a shit after 25 minutes. Now, let's switch over to baseball. In baseball, uh, there's no stripes. Now, I'm blue. Yo, blue. Where was that one, blue? Yo, blue. That's what you'll hear. By the way, I stunk at baseball. I stunk at refing. I mean, umping. I had no business being out there. Somehow, I get sent to ref a CYO Catholic Youth Organization, JV, so that's 5th and 6th grade, semifinal baseball game. And the teams are St. Matt's versus St. Chris. If you're not from the area, you don't know who the hell that is. Let's call them the green team and the red team. First inning. Again, this was a Sunday afternoon. I'm probably hungover. Probably safe to assume, probably safe to assume that. It's the first inning. I'm the, I'm the plate umpire. There's also a base umpire. Now, somewhere in, this first in, in the first inning, the, the team that's in the field, they come running off the field. They think they have three outs. On my little clicker, I got two outs. The coach from the team that ran in, he's got three outs. The other coach has two outs. And I, like I said, hungover, I have no idea what's going on. I, I had two outs. As far as I know, there was two outs. So this causes a problem, whatever. They stay on the field. Next batter strikes out, okay? No harm, no foul. The worst thing that happened in that situation, maybe I was wrong, they got four outs. They got out of the inning. Nobody scored. So really, I don't see what the big problem is. So the red team, St. Matt's, they go on to win the game like 10-2. to two. Not even close. So now, oh, good game, guys. Congrats. Blah, blah, blah. I'm leaving. I'm walking down the third baseline. I'm walking to my car. There's a dad sitting there in his lawn chair. And you know the dad that's sitting out in the outfield in his lawn chair? That's just mad. Maybe it's not your fault. He's just pissed off. Off, okay, and I'm walking by, and he goes, "Hey, ump, 
you know that was three outs in the first inning. I was like, well, it doesn't matter now, does it? He goes, nah, it does matter. I'm like, no, it doesn't. So he snaps. He goes, God damn it. That's the problem with you umps. You don't give a shit. You don't care. I'm like, dude, you won the game. You won the game by eight goddamn runs. It doesn't matter what happened in the first inning. He's going nuts. His wife is going, Bill, Bill, stop, Bill. So now Bill is like, by the way, like six foot four, 240 pounds of dad muscle. You know, this guy's probably an iron worker. And he is, he has his sights set on me. So I suspect that Bill is going to get physical. So I, I take off. I take off running. I get to a dead end, okay? Nowhere to go. I turn around like, Bill, Bill, please, come on, man, stop. I don't want any trouble. He goes, you better start taking this seriously. So, I mean, basically, long story short, my question is the parents. Like, are you really that fucking nuts? Do you care this much? I mean, if I ever have kids, which means someone has to have sex with me, uh, I don't think that, I, you know, youth sports obviously are a good, they serve a good purpose, but they can also be very toxic. You know, I might teach my kid how to play saxophone. You'll be 23 years old and you know how to play saxophone? Do you know how much further that will take you than being able to make a foul shot? If you can play the saxophone in your 20s, you got the world by a fucking string, okay? No one will remember the 16 points you scored on Sunday night against St. Cecilia's 20 years ago. Nobody gives a shit. If you can play the saxophone, <laughs> you're in pretty good shape. Now, I know on uh, previous shows, people have warned me, friend, don't talk politics. Nobody cares about politics. Don't talk about politics. It's bad for the show. Well, guess what? This is my show. We're going to talk politics. However, I'm going to be fair. I'm going to make fun of someone from the Republicans, and we'll make fun of someone that's an idiot Democrat. So we'll start with the Republicans. You know who's a real genius, arguably the unsung hero of the week? This guy, uh, George Santos. Basically, this guy has lied about everything. Now, coming from a guy, me, my resume, it's all bullshit, you know? It's like on Seinfeld, Vanderly Industries. That's basically what I have. But how this guy, George Santos, I mean, he lied about everything. He lied about where he went to college. He lied about where he worked. He lied about his mom being uh, in the World Trade Center at 9-11. And by the way, he's a Republican who's a, <laughs> a gay cross-dresser. Figure that one out. A Republican gay crossdresser. Hmm. Doesn't really fit the narrative. But basically, George Santos is a piece of shit. I mean, he's a fucking loser. But I have to almost respect the fact that he lied this much and hasn't even gotten fired. I mean, I got to imagine, you know, some of these jobs I apply for, if they find out that most of it's bullshit and most of my former bosses are just friends who I by the way I've told my friends that are listed as my references you know, if anyone ever calls you I worked for you for four years remember that but you know credit to George Santos does whatever the fuck he wants another unsung hero and this by the way in Philadelphia this is your next mayor which is very scary and this is for a well last week in Philadelphia by the way Ron DeSantis the great governor of Florida he went to Philadelphia to give a speech at the Union League and get some award. And some Philadelphia liberal Democrats lost their goddamn mind. They went crazy just because DeSantis showed up to give a speech. I mean, basically, I mean, by the way, Philadelphia, you got like 500 murders, 
1,600 carjackings, and you're worried about DeSantis showing up to, to your city? Give me a break. But the woman that I'm worried about, and I think she's going to be the next mayor. I really think this woman is going to be the next mayor. And if you're listening, you're probably saying to yourself, there's no way, there's absolutely no way anyone could be as horrible, could be as horrific, could be as much of an imbecile as Jim Kenny. However, Helen Gim is Jim Kenny on steroids. I mean, this woman is just completely a radical nut. So Helen Gim, you know, she's going off about Ron DeSantis. Ba, 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 ba. Ron DeSantis is this, he's that. A week later, Helen Gim goes to the Union League after basically... A week earlier, she basically said the Union League was like a, a Nazi German camp. Okay, she basically thinks Ron DeSantis is like Hitler. That is a week later. Fast forward one week, uh, one week later, Helen Gim herself is at the Union League. And I'm trying to pull up the article here. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Philadelphia Inquirer. Helen Gim denounced Union League. <laughs> a week later, she attended a cocktail party at the club. And then, uh, <laughs> Helen Gim gets the unsung hero this week, by the way. That is awesome. That is awesome. She says, Philly will always stand against racism, homophobia, xenophobia, and bigotry that the Union League decided to honor today. Hate has no home here. Bot, hashtag, by DeSantis. Hey, Helen, hate has no home here? Where, in Philadelphia? You idiot. There's 600 murders there. Hate has no home here. Give me a goddamn break. She's an idiot, but the reason Helen Gim's the unsung hero is she's, she's seemingly unbothered by this. I mean, she's still going to become the mayor of Philadelphia. It's very scary. These politicians are all scumbags. I mean, seriously, on both sides, Republic, first of all, I would never step foot in the Union League. I, I don't think they would ever let me in. But Ron DeSantis going to the Union League on the grand scheme of things in Philadelphia doesn't even scratch the surface. I mean, you would have literally thought Hitler showed up there, the way they were acting. It's just, it's insane, but she's your next mayor. All right, guys, you're at the 23-minute mark here. We're coming to the end here. Got one week to Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, I have to pay the bookie. You know, I lost my money this week. Very gross. I'm very disturbed. Eight out of nine games, that seems like it should be against... It's impossible. Um, but I'll be back next week. You know, this is just... Well, I'm going to touch on this next week leading up to the Super Bowl. I'll probably do another episode before the Super Bowl. But I'm thinking about betting the Eagles. I really think the Eagles are going to win. I'm thinking about putting my money on the Eagles. This should be concerning to you. If you're an Eagles fan, you want them to win. I can, however, be bought out. If you want to buy me out, I will not bet the Eagles, okay, if someone Venmo's me the small amount of $100. So $100 and the biggest mush in the history of sports gambling, me, Fernandez, Hennessy, will not bet that, all right? So, appreciate everyone listening. By the way, we're back up. We're on Spotify now, okay? So, if you're on Spotify, you can download it. We're working on getting it on Apple Music. And again, please bear with us here. I'm recording this in my sad, depressing studio apartment from a laptop with a microphone. No one else in the room. It's just me. I'm doing the best I can. We're going to try and start incorporating, you know, some music. 
opening theme songs, if you will. And the plan is to be able to get people to call in. I mean, then we can really start having some fun here. Appreciate you guys listening. Like I said, going to keep these episodes under 25 minutes. And that will conclude episode two, season one of Soaring Highs and Crushing Lows. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.